How many of you are Tom Petty fans? A few. I love Tom Petty. I always have. And, and of course, of three years ago when we lost him was, was a rough day, to say the least. But I've always loved Tom Petty. One of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers songs that I particularly like describes a harsh reality. It perfectly describes a harsh reality. And the song is called The Waiting. The lyrics that describe this reality goes, the waiting is the hardest part. And these lyrics are true. We do not like waiting. At least I don't. I don't. I'm not a very patient person. I don't like sitting and waiting for something to happen or for my um, family to get ready so we can go and hit the road. <laughs> <laughs> Stopping and taking our time is also very hard because we want things to happen fast on our own terms. As you may know, and as you may see, we live in a hurry up culture. We live in a culture that is dominated by a need to get things done fast. We live in a culture where we are too hurried to eat a meal outside of our car, so we opt to go through a drive through and God forbid that we have to wait more than five minutes for our meal. See, Chick-fil-A has it down. That line is always long, and I'm always in and out. In no time. And the same is true with our movies. We can rent or buy movies from our couches. Do you remember when we used to have to drive to Blockbuster Video and browse through the store, make the selection, and then go back and put the movie in our VHRs and realize it wasn't rewound and now we have to rewind it. We don't have to do that anymore. By the way, rest in peace, Blockbuster. <laughs> and the same is true with video games, music, and other entertainment options. One click and they are ours. And this is all developed because of our desire to have things immediately, instantly, in a time frame that we like. And it's funny, sports are also going in this direction. If you're a fan of football, especially in college football, there's this offensive scheme that has taken over in the past 20 years called the hurry up offense. And the point of it is to hurry up and get the snap off. We like to things to get done quick instead of slowing down, instead of waiting. Advent is also being affected by this hurry-up culture. Advent is quickly becoming a time where we hurry. Hurrying to buy the gifts. Hurrying to get the food. Hurrying to clean the house. Hurrying to get things ready. And if we spend the season of Advent in a state of hurriedness, we miss Advent and the beauty that is this season. We miss the point what Advent is about, about sitting still, about preparing ourselves for the Lord, about being present with the Lord. As I said last week, during Advent, we were actually preparing for two things, although they both are very similar. We, of course, are preparing ourselves for the incarnation of our Lord for that Christmas morning, the time when God took on flesh and became man for us. 
It is a celebration of the moment when God humbled himself to be born of a young virgin inside a dirty manger surrounded by barn animals. This is the moment when Christ walked with us to heal, to teach, to travel to Jerusalem, to hang on the cross, and then to rise again. If we do not have the incarnation, we do not have the resurrection. This moment was a great moment. However, this is not the only time that Christ will come to the earth. We say in our creed, we believe he will come again to judge the living and the dead. This is the other thing we are preparing for in Advent. The second coming of our Lord. The first two weeks of Advent are this focus. And we can see that clearly in our readings. Last week we heard about it, about the importance of being ready. About preparing ourselves. And then our gospel reading today, John is not only preparing for those for the coming of Christ, we are being reminded that we too should be preparing for Christ's coming by repenting. However, we do not have to be good at math, which I am not, to understand that it has been a long time since the incarnation. And here we are, waiting for his return. Maybe we are saying that Christ can take his time to come back and, you know, we're okay. Just hang out for a little bit longer. Or perhaps we're saying, hurry up. Because the early Christians were saying the latter. They were ready. They were ready for him to make his return, his triumphant return. You see, they were facing harsh persecutions at the hand of the Roman Empire who controlled their lives. They're killed for their belief. They're mocked, tortured, cast out, all because they were Christians. They were much ready for Christ to return. And they thought for sure he would return in their lifetimes. They thought for sure that he would come and save them from their tormentors. Then they began to grow impatient from the waiting. Impatient because Christ has not come back yet to destroy the Romans. To make their lives better. Impatient because Christ was not hurrying up. They thought that God should follow their own timeline. But we know that is not how God works. And this was the mindset of the early church. Many of whom were led by people who walked with Christ. Who witnessed Christ's death and resurrection. They thought that they would also see Christ returning in his glory. To judge the followers as well as those who persecuted the faithful. And this is what they had to look forward to. As many of their brothers and sisters were dying with the threat that they could be next. However, their leaders knew that Christ had his own timeline. That God had his own timeline. And that timeline is a bit different than ours. And this is exactly what St. Peter was addressing in his epistle this morning. He was giving the reason for God's unhurriedness, which was in the people's minds. The people that St. Peter wrote to were worried that the Lord was not returning as quickly as they had thought. They thought he was not going to come in their own timeline. And Peter pointed out that God does not operate 
that way. He is not bound by our concept of time. They, like us, are slaves to time. We are bound by our clocks and our calendars. They, too, were bound to counting down days and hours. Peter, Peter was saying that with God, there is no time. God does not operate that way. And when we receive the benefits of the kingdom, we, too, are released from the bondage of time. After addressing the concept of time, Peter pointed out that Christ is not making them wait because it is a reason for them to suffer, but rather to save many. He's saying that the Lord is not acting slowly on his promise, rather giving all time to come to him. All the while, Peter assures them that the day of the Lord will come. They just do not know when. Because of this, they should be zealous and patient. Because when the Lord comes, it will be glorious. The earth as they knew and we know will be replaced by a new heaven and a new earth. Peter was assuring them that, when the, that the Lord was coming. It may not be in accordance to their time frames or when they necessarily wanted it to happen. But he is coming. There's a necessity to slow down, to wait. Wait for the Lord and to be patient. Perhaps we too can slow down and wait. When we wait patiently, the reward is far greater. John the Baptist told of one, the one that was coming. One that was far greater than him. He waited for that one. He prepared the way for that coming. And then Christ came. And by his actions and his first coming, death was defeated for all. Something far greater came. When we wait patiently, the payoff is greater. When we cease the urge to hurry things up, we get to see the payoff. When we have a sense of hurry, and when that thing does not come, we quickly abandon that idea. We are in the midst of waiting, not just for the coming of our Lord this Advent season, but also to gather back together as we once did, doing those things that we once did and that we love, seeing people that we love who many of us haven't seen in months. We're waiting to get back together without restrictions, without the masks. And it's been a much longer wait than we anticipated. It has been a long and hard few months. And with news of a possible vaccine on the horizon, perhaps the waiting will soon come to an end. With that, we feel a little hope in our anxious waiting. However, we must still wait. We're not there yet. We, when we patiently wait for this virus to go away and for this vaccine or whatever to come into our lives, we can assure that we will get there. When we wait patiently while wearing our masks, socially distancing, washing hands, all those stuff that we're told to do, we will get to that first Sunday back together with all of us. And I'm willing to bet that day will be glorious. That day will be a big payoff for the months of waiting. 
We will get there. We just have to wait a little longer. When we wait, when we slow down and enjoy the journey, the destination is much more rewarding. Though the journey through this pandemic has not been very enjoyable for many of us, there may have been some moments, though. But there are other parts of our lives, journeys, that are enjoyable when we slow down and appreciate it. This Advent season, let's slow down. There's no reason to hurry up. There's no reason to speed through the season. Let us enjoy this season as we await the Lord's coming. And then let's carry that on in our lives to wait patiently for those other things to happen. Christ will come again. Maybe not in our lifetime, but we will see it. All the while, the wait may seem exhausting and there are times we wish He would just hurry. We still must remember to wait and enjoy the journey. Because when He does come, it will be glorious. The same with Advent. Let us enjoy this season. Let us slow down and enjoy the time with God because Christmas will come. Let us ensure that when it is, it is a glorious day by slowing down and enjoying the journey through Advent in our hearts and in our minds. Amen. Amen.